0: the mic they start dimming the lights you start feeling all right from birmingham home with the teddy longs and the room and stutters more once you discover for all of the lovers whitney houston and roman reigns all of the lovers and mickey james and marvin gay all of the lovers and sasha Banks, janelle Monet, silk sonic and page allow me to say Look, I just found a place, we escape every one of us. I was kinda late, cause I just made it off the struggle bus. Walking by the fate, cause I know it's right in front of us. Yo, I ain't with the hate, gotta focus on what's great. Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Hardy is on the air. Had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware. So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. You know I go by Joe or the wrestle hey y'all welcome to another episode of the hardy wrestling podcast with your girl stephanie hardy so this is a survivor series themed episode so of course i got your news and gossipish and i'm gonna take an in-depth look at the survivor series card and give my predictions and musings then i'm going to give a weekly recap where i recap what happened on raw and smackdown before survivor series this sunday so sit back relax and listen to this new episode of the hardy wrestling podcast are you team red or team blue let's go So, in this news and gossipish, I feel like every other Thursday, we get socked in the face with a sack of quarters by WWE in terms of changes and releases and all of the above. And it seems like this Thursday was no different. We thought we had a little bit of a break because, you know, it's the end of the year, it's close to Thanksgiving, and... You know, everybody's trying to chill and we're trying to get ready for a Survivor Series, which is tomorrow, and get excited and everything. But, 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 WWE decided to hit us across the head with another sack of release quarters. And I hate to even have to keep talking about this, but I have to. um, Because even in the midst of preparing for this episode, it's like... They come out with the releases And I felt especially attacked because I was at dinner uh, With my boyfriend And all of a sudden boom releases And I'm like uh uh But basically Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com Shout out to him because he has to Put this news out on social media You know as a part of his job For everyone to have that information And it's just I know that has to be hard for him but You know much respect and love to him Um posted on thursday at 8 21 p.m saying fightful has learned that wwe have released john morrison the shaman of sexy top dolla asante the adonis and isaiah swerve scott of hit row tegan Knox, drake maverick shane thorn and jackson Riker." now and he also stated underneath that tweet that John Laurinaitis cited budget cuts as the reason within the email. And the worst part about it all is it feels like just it was just a few weeks ago when Frankie Monet was in the first round of releases. And she, if you may or may not know, she is married to John Morrison. And They've worked together in the past, but they never had a chance to work together in WWE this time because she was at NXT until they released her. So a lot of people were under the impression that maybe John Morrison would be next, and sadly enough, they were right. Um, Tegan Knox being released felt really sad to me because even though we hadn't really seen her since her and Shotzi were a tag team, and then they drafted her, I believe, over to Raw... She hadn't even had that much of a chance, you know, on the raw on the main roster, or at least on Raw since then. And her and Shotzi did not have an opportunity at the women's tag team titles like they were supposed to have because they had defeated Natalia Tamina at the time, um, multiple times. So it was almost like and then of course with her also being struggling with injuries in the past, like I Like I can only imagine how devastated she is because she's tried so hard to be so resilient even when she was in NXT and now she's released and that's just really sad. And then you have Drake Maverick who got released last year. He was a part of that chunk of releases that happened last year during the pandemic that everybody was really angry about. And then he went on social media and made a video, you know, just being very upset about it because this was a part of his dream and he was very devastated which which allowed for him to um get his job back with nxt um and then get bumped up to the main roster again and while he and he was running around with the 24-7 title that he helped to sort of make famous in its inception against our truth and stuff and then famously he had to um he lost that title at his wedding to renee michelle Um, And shout-out to her because I've actually interviewed her with Women's Wrestling Talk and actually commentated for her matches at Belladonna Division here in in Gaston, Alabama. So it's just... And now, you know, he's been released again, and that's just really, really sad. And then he actually made a video on social media responding to it immediately using footage from that old video of him getting released But then he was talking to himself saying, you know, you you know, you can't do this again. Um, You can't cry in front of a video again. So what are you going to do now? And basically, you know, this was sort of about him being more resilient and understanding that his wrestling career, you know, isn't over just because he's out of WWE. It's a four-minute video, but I do recommend you go and watch it, you know, on all of his social media channels because it is absolutely beautiful. Um, I recommend it. It was even retweeted by John Cena, which I thought was really interesting. So, please watch that video that Drake Maverick made, you know, if you can. And Shane Thorne, he was a part of a tag team in NXT, and I'm not... um, entirely sure the name of it right about now I want to say it was TM61 um maybe but I can't exactly remember which one but I hadn't really seen him on television in a while so he was gone and then there's Jackson Riker who has to be the most controversial of um the group who got released because he got caught up in a Twitter in a social media scandal where he had been talking mad bad stuff about the black lives matter movement and um getting a tan and calling himself soul man and all that so it's just kind of like he sort of outed himself as a problematic person in terms of his views like that and a lot of people were wondering how is it that he would still have a job out of so many other people but now he's been let go and a lot of people especially a lot of um african-american fans on social media are pretty um a little bit happy about that but I'm never happy when anybody loses their job but at the same time it's kind of yeah when you say mean stuff like that about black people then it's hard to really you know be on your side with that but the most devastating of the releases were of course the rest of Hit Row um because in that chunk from a few weeks ago they let go of B-Fab and they had just signed, you know, their contracts to be on the main roster of SmackDown. And they had done so many, so many things. Apparently, um, there was even an article where Asante Di Adonis came out and said that they had even done Black Friday commercials for WWE and just filmed those. But now they've been let go. And then there are other rumors talking about how um, Top Dollar um, was really angry there are rumors talking about how angry he was that bfab was let go and that he told management about it and that that might be the reason why he was let go but to be quite honest it's just a loss like it's a major cultural loss um in terms of representation on wwe television and it's a loss of talent in wwe in the sense that they really could have utilized them isaiah swerve scott you know, wrestled in the cruiserweight division for so very long. And then he became the NXT North American champion after feuding. Um, I forgot, like, who was he? I forgot who he was feuding with, but he won that championship. And now, you know, and only to work, he worked so hard in that um, with with his heel turn and then being a part of Hit Row and creating that and everything and only to be brought up to the main roster finally and then having it snatched from you that has to be devastating and top dollar who was a star in terms of his rapping and also in terms of his you know body of work in the ring there was so much that he could have done you know as a giant and asante the adonis is the same thing he had great abilities too so you have all of this charisma all of this rap talent all of this musical talent all of this, you know, ooze, you know, all of this cultural relevance in this one group, and now it's all gone from mainstream television. Like, that was just the saddest thing to me. Um And it's really devastating because there were a lot of people who were heavily invested in Hit Row. And I was one of them, and now they're gone. Now, I'm pretty sure, of course, you know, they'll, they'll wrestle elsewhere, which I am about to talk about, but it's just... The fact that we were so invested in Hit Row and we were still, or at least I was still going to try to give Hit Row a chance, even with BFAB absent. But now all of Hit Row is gone. And I just don't understand what the reason is. And there are so many rumors, but, there's, but the truth lies in there somewhere. And it's just really sad. So... I really, you know, want to send all my thoughts and prayers and good energy to all of those people who got released. And I'm more than sure that they will land on their feet and bounce back, even though it sucks that this is going on right before the holiday season really pops off and jumps off. But I still wish them the very best. And I hope that nothing but good things will come to them, you know, within the next, with, within the next year. So, yeah, hopefully this will be the end of these releases because... And then the fact that these releases happen before Survivor Series, which is one of your most exciting big four pay-per-views, is just kind of like, God dang, it puts a bad taste in your mouth. But but we press on, we press forward. So, also in the news, um, according to Fightful Select, there are a lot of wrestling promotions that are discussing Isaiah Swerve Scott and the possibility of making a play for them, which basically means that promotions like AEW Impact, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling and MLW, you know, could be making offers to bring in Swerve Scott once his 90-day non-complete compete clause is expired. So, this is really good for him in the sense because he's really, really talented. So he signed with WWE in like 2019 and he was wrestling and but before he signed with them he was wrestling under the name Shane Strickland and he held the world heavyweight titles in MLW CZW and Evolve and he won the Lucha Underground Trios Championship twice under the gimmick where he was called Killshot and he and of course he contended for the Cruiserweight Championship in WWE and then beat Bronson Reed there we go and he beat Bronson Reed for the north american championship so we continue to wish him the best in his career um like i said earlier and it's really great that all these other promotions are looking to hire him um and that he's a hot commodity you know once his 90-day non-compete clause is up and i also hope that his podcast continues to flourish too swerve city you know that deserves to flourish as well also in the news, we have um, Natalia and Randy Orton hitting some major milestones this weekend. So, Natalia hit a big milestone, you know, um, on SmackDown last night. She wrestled in a match, um, in a tag team match with Shayna Baszler against Naomi and Aaliyah. And this match was relatively short. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in the recap for SmackDown. And this match was relatively short because um, you had Aaliyah and Naomi who aren't on the survivor series team but then you have natty and Shayna baszler who are on the survivor series team for smackdown and nefariously this match ended when natalya covered naomi and then there was a quick count done by aja smith and that irritated me but we'll talk about that later so natalya but back to natalya's milestone um with that win that she had on smackdown she picked up her 500th career win And she tweeted saying, tonight marked 500 wins. I am the root of greatness. And then, of course, Shayna Baszler mentioned her 500 career win backstage in the interview. She said this solidifies her as the greatest of all time. And also and it's like you have to send in congratulations to natalia because she is definitely a pillar um when it comes to being she's a pillar in the women's division in wwe because she has been there you know through the highs and the lows of you know the divas division even as they transition more so into you know being um mentioned as equal superstars with the men and stuff and it's just good to see her get that level of success and you know winning titles and getting all these wins and stuff because she's really good in the ring um so congratulations to Natalia and also in terms of making history this weekend Randy Orton um is going to be making history as Survivor Series so When he steps into the ring with his partner, Matt Riddle, as the Raw Tag Team Champions up against the Usos, who are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, he is going to set the record for the most pay-per-view matches wrestled in WWE history. And then he's also one match away from setting the record for most matches wrestled on WWE Raw. And then he mentioned and talked about it on social media, quoted as saying, I've never been one to keep records or stats throughout my career. Early on, it was laughable to consider in my profession you had wins and losses. You certainly wouldn't talk about it with the boys, much less fans. But I'm fortunate to have some fans and friends that have done just that kept my stats not just wins and losses but damn near everything you could think of it came to my intention that tomorrow at survivor series i'll set a new record for most pay-per-view matches by anyone in wwe history the following night on raw coincidentally if i have a match i'll i'll have had more matches on raw than anyone in history i saw this online checked it and it's true Kind of hard to believe, as it feels like I only started down in Ohio Valley Wrestling, or OVW, yesterday. I just want to take a minute in light of these stats and let everyone know there that's ever supported me in any way know that I am thankful. I also know that with all of my heart that I couldn't have done it without you. Now on to my 15th Survivor Series. Man, time flies, don't it? It's so crazy to think that, because it's like I remember... In the days where I used to hate Randy Orton as a heel. (laughs) I used to hate him so very much. Because I used to... He used to get on my nerves. Because he was just so mean all the time. And I wanted to fight him all of the time. Like every Monday. But just to see him, you know, even... Aside from that. But just to see him grow... And become more of an athlete and to not let all his personal stuff get in the way. And to see him, you know, reach this level of longevity is just really good. And also, Randy Orton also deserves credit because he is the reason why why me and my boyfriend are together. Because my boyfriend wrote a status about Randy Orton. And I saw him make that status on Facebook. And we started talking about wrestling. And the rest is history. So Randy Orton, if you ever hear this... (laughs) I'm giving you credit and I'm thanking you because if it were not for you, me and my boyfriend would not be together. So thank you, Randy Orton. And thank you for remaining consistent, um, as consistent as you could be in WWE and having these matches and reaching these milestones and all of the above. You are a Hall of Famer for sure. So um, thank you very much, Randy Orton. You are um, awesome. And that's the end of News and Gossipish. And now we're going to have um, an in depth look at Survivor Series with predictions. And we're going to talk a little bit about The Rock's 25th anniversary and stuff like that. So stay tuned. All right. So if you may or may not know, um, Survivor Series is tomorrow survivor series is sunday and i know it's kind of hard to get into it because of all the releases and stuff and it's sort of and a lot of fans i saw on social media even though they were saying that in the moment i don't want to discount their emotions at all because emotions are valid so a lot of people were feeling some type of way about watching wwe in light of all the releases and stuff because they can be very deflating and i totally get it but considering i have my duties you know as a podcaster slash host person I have to continue and press on and watch it but you know their survivor series which is actually one of my favorite um pay-per-views because you always have the whole raw versus smackdown thing and it's always team red versus team blue it's been going on like that you know since since forever so I'm really you know excited about it Even though the build has not Necessarily been the greatest or In the traditional sense of the word WWE did not do You know a whole push for It you know with the whole invasion angle Like they used to do Cause who can forget you know in modern Times you know whenever you would have Raw invade SmackDown and then beat up on them and then SmackDown invade Raw and then beat up on them just to see just to prepare you for what's coming next with Survivor Series. And I think this year is probably the most struggle year they've had in terms of preparing for a Survivor Series because they also had Crown Jewel thrown in the middle of all that. Excuse me. So there's that and it's just when they when you have events like that that are just thrown in there so many pay-per-views at a time. It's kind of easy to forget, which is so sad, it's easy to forget that you have another pay-per-view, which is just as important, if not more important than the smaller ones coming up. So in a different sort of way, they sort of been pushing the whole Raw versus SmackDown thing by utilizing their biggest champions like their main champions in terms of the men and the women because of course and then and then something else that they have done is the fact that they've been pushing storylines that are going to take place a little bit after survivor series which is something i do appreciate you know um from a storytelling perspective because of course you got to have something to do after that point even if they may not have a pay-per-view in december So because even they've even had the um, tribute to the troops thing early. They had that before they had that. I believe it was around Veterans Day. So that's been done. So there's really nothing else, you know, that's probably set on the calendar after Survivor Series. So in the midst of that, like I said, they've been utilizing their main champions like um, Roman Reigns as the universal champion on SmackDown versus Big E, who's the WWE champion on Raw. They utilize that um, to sort of push forth the narrative of a brand um, fight. And then you also have Becky Lynch, um, who is the Raw Women's Champion going up against Charlotte Flair um, as the Charlotte Flair um, as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Of course, they are pushing the mess out of that. Um, Because of all of the heat that they have on each other. And when I tell you they have been pushing forth this narrative really hard, even in the press and even in interviews and stuff, when they talk about how much they don't like each other and how much they hate each other, it is something that I am looking forward to seeing. In the sense, almost in the sense in which we were looking forward to seeing CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston and how they hated each other in real life and how they kept flipping each other off, you know, once they finally did fight at AEW's full gear. But in this sense, you have, you know, these women, they're utilizing the fact that these women used to be best friends and we saw them on screen you know we saw that on screen we saw them be best friends and then there were a couple of moments where you saw Charlotte kind of turn on Becky Becky finally turning on Charlotte and having enough of everybody sort of centering you know the women's division upon her all the time instead of you know focusing on her so it's just you know a lot to there's a lot of story there and a lot of frustration there with them not liking each other like there was this one giant clip that they made on wwe on youtube where they showed um becky referring to charlotte flair as a b word and um them talking about how becky couldn't handle it or at least how charlotte couldn't handle it when becky started getting more attention on her instead of being you know the horse woman that everybody ignored like there's so much that's playing into it and with becky talking about how charlotte you know feeling insecure about you know her not being on top anymore but then you have Charlotte who's saying that she has all the confidence in the world and doesn't have to be shaken because she is who she is it is definitely something that I'm looking forward to seeing and I'm wondering if they're going to be able to put their personal differences aside and have a stellar match just like the one they had at Evolution with the last woman standing match that they had when Becky was champion. Or are they just going to have a shoot, fight, and destroy each other? I don't know. But I'm pretty sure they can be, you know, uh, professional about their stuff. And, you know, just continue to just put on a good match for the people. And continue to just do and be the best, you know, that they know that they can be. They are four horsewomen. They are two of the four horsewomen after all. So... I don't doubt that this is going to be an amazing match. There's a lot of, you know, push behind it. So I'm not doubting their abilities to give a good match here. Now, in terms of predictions, it's kind of hard to say, but I imagine that Becky Lynch will probably win um, in the sense because she's just really, really hot right now. Um, even though I'm always on Team SmackDown because I just am, and I'll talk about more about that later. It's just the fact that Becky Lynch is like their hottest, WWE's hottest commodity in terms of the women's division as a whole right now. And I just can't imagine seeing her, you know, losing to Charlotte Flair um, at this point because a loss at Survivor Series does not... It's not that much of a chink of an of it's not much of a chink in Charlotte Flair's armor if she loses. But then so I really think that Becky Lynch might come out the victor for Monday Night Raw um in that sense, and I wouldn't necessarily be mad about that. Um because once upon a time, I just remember when Becky was the underdog against someone like Charlotte, but now that's not the case. You have Two big dogs going up against each other That's no pun intended But you got two big dogs going up against each other In this you know sense So I'm really excited for this match And I'm predicting that Becky Lynch is going to win So yeah I'm really interested in that Also on the, and then also on the card You have um, The women's 5 on 5 elimination match You got Team Raw Which is being captained by Bianca Belair My um, love the EST of WWE Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Queen Zelina Vega, and Carmella versus Team SmackDown, which is being captained by Sasha Banks, um, my GOAT, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and Tony Storm. Now, this is kind of hard um, in the sense because I really feel like even though Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks are the captains of this team, I seriously feel that Sasha and Bianca should be Ron SmackDown Women's Champion right now. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this, you know, in depth on my show, but I really honestly feel that Sasha Banks should be champion on SmackDown and Bianca Belair should be the Raw Women's Champion simply because of the fact that Bianca should not have lost um, the way that she did at, at SummerSlam and I've said that multiple times. But I really feel that she should have won the Raw Women's Championship from Becky Lynch in order to get back at Becky Lynch for those 26 seconds. But Becky Lynch decided to cheat that day on Raw and still keep her title so there so here we are. But I really feel like Bianca Belair should be Raw Women's Champion right now and Sasha Banks should have won the Smackdown Women's Championship at Crown Jewel. So yeah it's it's just a lot like it's a lot to really deal with but it's like so it feels like them being captains of both the raw and smackdown um women's teams is kind of like a consolation prize but at the same time it's still you know A sense of that they trust these women because you know this is still a big four pay-per-view and they still deserve attention plus not to mention bianca belair was also on the press junket for survivor series because she was on um the late the late night show with um stephen colbert along with becky lynch and her and montez ford were featured on hot 97 this week as well in new york so that was cool but you know i'm biased i feel like bianca and sasha should still be champion but You can't get what you want all the time, so it's whatever. So I am predicting that Team SmackDown might come out with this win, even though they have been the most... Disjointed and angry at each other the most because of course you have Sasha and Shotzi who just had their match on SmackDown and they hate each other, um very much so and it's kind of hard to believe they'll be able to work together. Now Shayna and Natalya, of course, they have a little bit of a synergy there because they just fought in a tag team match. Um, and then you have Tony Storm who's kind of like. You know, a person who's participated in Survivor Series before, but she was on Team NXT. And that was a really stellar um, um, brand fight at that point when they included NXT in that. That was cool. So I really feel like Team SmackDown going into that might really be... Um, they might lose in the sense because they're just not as united. It's like only a few of them are united and then a few of them kind of just don't like each other either. But who's to say they might put their differences aside? And then with Team Raw with Bianca Belair, you know, being being a little bit still high on the hog like she is even though she's not the champion. And then you got Liv Morgan and Rhea and Queen Zelina and Carmella they don't seem the most. They don't seem disjointed at all in terms of their teams. Even though we don't know how they would, you know, react to each other, you know, in terms of their teamwork. You have Zelina and Carmella who have teamed, who have tag team before, and then you have Liv and Bianca who have just wrestled each other at Tribute to the Troops, and then you got Rhea Ripley who's kind of the wild card there. It's like I'm pretty sure, you know, they they are actually giving more of a united front to me than team Smackdown is but like I said I love team Smackdown I don't want to necessarily see them lose but if team Raw comes out with the win I wouldn't necessarily be angry either so we'll just see about that and that's really all um in terms of the women for Survivor Series on that card so in terms of the men um you have the men five on five elimination match with team Raw being captained by Seth Rollins reluctantly Um, with Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory on the team versus Team SmackDown with Drew McIntyre being the Captain King, Xavier Woods, Jeff Hardy, my brother, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus. So this is probably the hardest to predict because there's just so much talent on each team. It's just so hard. So I feel like with this one, I'm not going to make a prediction. I'm just going to wait and see. But of course, I'm gonna you know pull harder for Team SmackDown simply because I just love SmackDown and that's just my favorite show. Um, and then of course you have um, the Raw Tag Team Champions RK Bro versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions the Usos. And I love both of these tag teams so very much But I just can't help but feel like the Usos are going to win Simply because of the fact they got tossed across the room On SmackDown this past Friday by Biggie, And I feel like they're going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder You know going up against RK-Bro So but then again you have Randy who's just you know Looking to win this match um, Because it's a history making match like I mentioned before So Um this this is a little bit harder to predict but I really feel like the Usos are gonna come out with the win because they have better tag team synergy not only just because they're twin brothers but just because they've been a tag team longer than um, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle have been so there's that and I feel like the Usos might come out with the win even if they might do some sneaky tactics like they always do so I don't know then you have the United States champion Damian Priest going up against Intercontinental Champion shinsuke nakamura now this one this one's a little hard to predict as well because you have Damien priest who's just been going on a dominant tear lately on raw beating everybody and going from nice guy to angry guy in 2.5 seconds (laughs) and then you have shinsuke who's just you know shinsuke (laughs) so i don't know exactly who could win that one um i wouldn't i I think I'm rooting for Shinsuke to win this match simply because it's SmackDown. But if Damian Priest comes out with the win, I wouldn't necessarily be mad um, at it either because I love them both and I love Damian. But, you know, I'm just going to wait and see for that one. So that's not really a prediction. That's just kind of like I'm just going to wait and see, but root for Team SmackDown simply because. And then we have the 25 person dual brand battle royal Um, this was announced on SmackDown this past Friday by Sonya Deville. Um, and she told Sami Zayn that he was going to be participating in it. I don't know the other 25, the other 24, um, members of this battle Royal, but basically this is going to be used as a tribute to The Rock's, um, 25th anniversary of his career starting at Survivor Series, um, years ago. And I don't know who's going to come out the victor in that. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be entertaining regardless. Because I love me a good battle royal. So that's going to be cool. And I have no predictions for that one. And then we have the universal champion Roman Reigns. The tribal chief. The big bully. Because he got in Xavier Woods' face. And I didn't appreciate it. And I'm going to talk about that later. Versus Big E. Now. I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love both Roman Reigns And Big E at this point I love what they both give me as champions You have Big E who's just the lovable Babyface who finally made it to the Top of the mountain and then you got Roman Reigns Who feels like he could just run through everybody And just treat everybody like crap all the time Because he's the tribal chief and can't nobody Tell me nothing blah 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 And It's hard for me to predict Who's going to win this one because they're both Just so very dominant for both their Brands so I feel like somehow or another Roman Reigns might cheat to win. Because he's just been so dominant lately. But then Big E's been really dominant too. And I don't want to see him lose either. So I don't know what could take place with that. But when it comes to Roman Reigns and with Survivor Series, you know, being um, in Barclays, in the Barclays Center in New York. Um, I really want to believe that The Rock might make an appearance and he might you know come and sort of celebrate with everybody in terms of his 25th anniversary or even if he doesn't celebrate with everybody he'll come back and make his presence felt in the face of Roman Reigns because even Roman was on when he was on Jimmy Fallon um this past week he was talking about how he would you know love to face the rock if the rock would want to and a lot of people have been pushing the idea of Roman Reigns versus The Rock for a while, including me, because now you have, you know, you have The Rock who has no choice but to be a babyface at this point, because everybody loves him and stuff like that in Hollywood and all the above. And then you have Roman Reigns, who was an absolute heel and think he's just the king of the Anoa'i family dynasty. And you just have the makings of an amazing feud right there. So, it would make sense if The Rock did come back at this Survivor Series to sort of solidify himself and his legacy by by getting in Roman Reigns' face and saying, I want you at WrestleMania or something like that. Even though And even though they have started, you know, advertising WrestleMania and the tickets and all that other stuff, how it's going to take place in Texas and all that other stuff, it's just... What better way to push forward You know ticket sales and make people Want to go to Wrestlemania With you know Than to use the Rock and Roman Reigns fighting each other Like that would just be awesome And it doesn't even have to necessarily be for the Universal title they could just fight each Other regardless Because you still have Brock Lesnar Who could very well be on, at Roman Reigns You know coattails right now So I don't know But I would love it if The Rock, I'm predicting that maybe The Rock will make an appearance at this Survivor Series and might challenge Roman Reigns at some point um, during the show. But if he doesn't, don't hold me to it. (laughs) You know, if he doesn't make an appearance because he's all Hollywood and busy with other things, then that's okay too. But I really feel like there might be a strong possibility that The Rock might show up because I just don't see why he wouldn't. But you know don't hold me to it charge it to my head charge it to my fantasy booking my fantasy booking head and not my heart so yeah and that's pretty much how I feel about Survivor Series I'm really excited and I also just want to give a special congratulations to The Rock for um being in the business for 25 years and stuff even though technically now he's not in the business ish because he's out in Hollywood doing the Hollywood thing and stuff, but I've just loved him my whole life, literally my whole life. He's the reason why, um, I may have he's the reason why I was you know pretending to be him and I hit my grand my step grandfather in the face you know by saying his catchphrase and then hitting him in the face. Um, Which is a thing that you're really not supposed to do um, because they tell you not to try that stuff at home. But when you see stuff on television when you're a child, you just do whatever. And thankfully, my family was like, you're not supposed to do that. But I've loved The Rock since I was a child. And it's just really cool to see him. You know transition from being a champion to being a history maker being the first black person to win a royal rumble um and just seeing him win all kinds of championships and have all these amazing feuds with so many people like um the wrestler formerly known as hulk hogan to me um and stone cold steve austin and triple h and so many people and kurt angle and just so many amazing wrestlers and stuff and then to see and with john cena And then to see him transition into Hollywood, like I feel like I have seen every last one of his movies um, from beginning, from from the very beginning when he was um, the Scorpion King in The Mummy Returns and then in his own standalone Scorpion King film. And then with The Rundown and then with Grin Gang and The Game Plan and so many other movies. I know I'm skipping over a couple, but those are just some of my favorite ones. It's just, you know, just seeing him evolve into this, you know, Hollywood man being able to, you know, stand on his own two feet and be his own man in terms of Hollywood and all of his other business ventures with the XFL and his Terramana tequila and his TV show with young rock where everybody's watching how his childhood sort of, you know, coalesced into him being this amazing big person to finally being the person who retweeted me that time about that TV show when I was complimenting his mother, Like it's just a really great ride to see and he's just an adorable person and I just wish him nothing but the best and I just can't wait to see what else he has next. But hopefully what he has next requires him to fight Roman Reigns at this WrestleMania because I would just enjoy that. So that's all for this recap and well, not recap, but that's all for this um, special segment on Survivor Series. And now we're going to go to the Survivor Series themed recap of Raw and SmackDown. Alright, so in this Survivor Series themed episode, I'm going to be recapping just Raw and SmackDown. So of course Raw, this was the Go Home Raw before Survivor Series. So there was a whole lot of stuff that they had um, to set up here. But of course we gonna start with our girls. So Bianca Belair um, thought that she was going to be fighting Dewdrop Monday night. Because Dewdrop was really talking reckless about Bianca Belair, talking about how she didn't deserve another chance at the Raw Women's Championship, considering she got beat, which is weird because everybody's acting like, oh, well, she got beat, so she doesn't deserve another chance. But she didn't get beat up, and she didn't have the brakes beat off of her. Becky Lynch cheated. She cheated. She took off the cushion off the turnbuckle and ran Bianca Belair's head in it and then covered her. She cheated. And I'm sick of everybody making it seem like she's the dominant champion. She cheated. But whatever. Um... So Bianca was ready to fight Dewdrop. And I was really looking forward to watching her lift Dewdrop up because of course this woman is strong. But she was throwing a curveball instead when Tamina decided to challenge her. But being but seeing as she's the EST, she wasn't gonna back down from a challenge. So she went ahead and fought Tamina. And this match was pretty good. And if, and I would also like to comment and say that Bianca Belair's gear, excuse me, gear was A1. It was absolutely beautiful. It looked like it was velvet, like some type of blue velvet with the pink kissy marks on it. But either way, it was super cute because she's super cute and her outfits are always super cute. So there's that. Um, Then, so basically, um, she put up a strong fight up against... Tamina, but Tamina wasn't, you know, just going to be like, wasn't going to just roll over for her either. It was a couple of times where I thought Tamina was actually going to come out with the win because she was being so dominant with a lot of her punches and a lot of her strikes and kicks and everything. But Bianca Belair came out victorious with a KOD, which um, Dewdrop saw and she basically came out After the match to warn Bianca Belair as she was celebrating that she was going to get even with her after Survivor Series is over. Now, this made me feel like Dewdrop, Like, if Bianca Belair is going to try to get the victory for Team Raw, that Dewdrop might try to sabotage it somehow, which will basically feed into their feud. But, we'll just have to see. I can't imagine Dewdrop actually, you know, sabotaging Bianca Belair, you know, winning for the brand that they're both on. But, you just never know. So, basically... I'm actually here for her feuding with Dewdrop, even though of course I would want her to be champion but it's okay um her feuding with Dewdrop is really good considering Dewdrop really hasn't had like a full-on rivalry rivalry since Eva Marie and since Eva Marie is no longer with the company she needs to start feuding with someone of note and who better to feud with than Miss Bianca Belair so that was cool then we had um Becky Lynch come out and she had some really heated words to say um, to Charlotte Flair. And this was probably one of the best promos that, be, that Becky Lynch has ever had in the entire hist- in, in her entire history with the company. Like she was out there talking about how um, she was like, just go back and watch it because it was really, really good. Um like it was really good like she was talking about how basically you know Charlotte Flair had a lot to say in terms of her coming back too soon you know after she gave birth and saying that um and basically talking about how jealous Charlotte was after she rose to the top and slapped her and slapped her in the face you know which kind of sent her into the stratosphere and everything so, it was really good. So, I definitely recommend that you go back and watch it. But as she was saying, uh-oh, as a callback to Charlotte Flair's uh-oh promo that she had on SmackDown last week. Liv Morgan came out and um they had some words and Liv Morgan was talking about how she wanted to face off against Becky Lynch because she felt like she's just become, you know, just this mean person who just kind of looks looks over everybody now that she's back and she's champion or whatever. But Becky Lynch had some receipts for Liv Morgan, and Liv Morgan and basically said that Liv Morgan actually looked up to Becky Lynch um, because she showed she showed this old footage of her talking backstage on Talking Smack, talking about how Becky Lynch, when Becky Lynch left due to her pregnancy, she told Liv Morgan that when I come back, you're going to be champion. And Liv was sad because she didn't live up to that promise, but at least she was going to try to be champion now. So. Um, Becky proceeded to throw mad shade at Liv and talk about how she was actually wrong with, with her prediction. So that basically means that you're really irrelevant, you're not worth anything, and all this other stuff. You know, just throwing, just basically throwing all the shade at Liv for not really doing anything of note since she's since Becky's been gone. But Liv, um, but even when Becky tried to hit her with the manhandle slam. Liv, you know scouted it and basically you know ducked under her and hit her with a move and then becky you know was shook and everything and she rolled out of the ring and told her and was yelling at her not to touch her belt but Liv held the title up and weirdly enough Liv was wearing this beautiful red outfit that kind of give that was shades of um britney spears and the oops i did it again music video and she held the title up and her, everything about her outfit was matching with the title And I would love for Liv Morgan to be Raw Women's Champion. Like, that would be really cool. Because she's never held a title. Not even the tag team titles that she could have held with Ruby Soho. But, no. They didn't let that happen. So, I would love for her to be Raw Women's Champion. But, you know, Hurricane Becky's too strong um, at this point. So, I don't know if they're going to let that happen. But I am intrigued to see how this turns out. So, that was cool. Um, Also, with the women, you had um, Queen Zelina um being in a match with um women's with the women's tag team champion nikki ash and something that queen Zelina has been doing is the fact that she's been antagonizing nikki ash for not being on the team for not being on team raw for survivor series so nikki's just been trying to like get the best of her and sort of beat up on her or whatever so and this match was pretty good she was um out here trying to prove herself and everything But Zelina wound up getting the win after hitting hitting the code red, following a distraction by her loyal subject, Carmella, the most beautiful woman in the world. And let me just say that whenever Carmella comes out, I think it's adorable slash also kind of annoying when Corey Graves comes out and he just starts drooling over her all the time. But you can tell he's really in love. His nose is wide open for his fiance. And I appreciate that and I love that. But at the same time, it can get very... Very aggravating. But, you know, it's okay. But then after the match, Rhea Ripley was quick to challenge Carmella um, to a match, um, seeing how Carmella helped her cheat, helped um, Queen Zelina cheat or whatever. So... Of course Carmella put on her face protector Because of course she doesn't want her face to be ruined But Rhea Ripley proceeded To destroy her and hit her with A swift head button and delivered the riptide To overcome the the Competition and this match felt relatively Shorter um, and then um, As the champions As the tag team champions celebrated Queen Zelina made sure of course to rub In the champions faces That Nikki would not have to um, Would not be participating um on team raw at survivor series and proceeded to rub her face in it because of course evil queens have to do that but i really love queen zelena in this role with this crazy accent that she has going on making making it seem like she's she has royal um blood in her and all this other stuff like it's really funny but you know she's a queen from queens new york so of course you know you gotta act like that and heal it up but i love my Zelina and i'm just so happy she's getting this opportunity so that's really all that happened with the women But I was really happy to see that the women were having more um, of a shine on Raw um, Throughout the show It was really refreshing to see And I really you know, look forward to seeing more of that you know, going forward And I was also looking to see if there was going to be any invasions for Survivor Series But there wasn't But like I said, they were utilizing their biggest champions for the invasion angles So I'm not mad about that at this point so of course the night began um with Kevin Owens coming out and explaining his vicious attack on Big E last week but before they could come to blows um the Usos um hit the scene to basically launch their own attack on Big E to give a surprise um to basically relay a message to Big E from Roman Reigns the universal champion who he's set to face off against tomorrow so at this point, Biggie was all alone because of course his New Day buddies are on the opposite brand, but he had some help in the form of Matt Riddle who came out to help him. So this led to an impromptu tag team match um, made by management. And this led to a match with Big E and Matt Riddle versus The Usos, which ended in a no contest. So this devolved into chaos because also Seth Rollins was watching from the announce table and he got into it with Big E before interjecting himself with an attack on Matt Riddle. And then amid all of that craziness, Randy Orton came out um, with the assist and dropped J. Uso with an RKO, which led to another um impromptu match involving Seth Rollins and the Usos versus Big E and RK bro um so as all of them joined forces with a quick roll-up Seth Rollins was able to score the win over Matt Riddle you know for his team and Randy Orton was really mad about this so he proceeded to hit another RKO on Jey Uso um because of course they're facing each other Sunday and then This wasn't finished because Big E also took the opportunity to send a message to Roman Reigns by dropping Jey Uso with a massive big ending. And he was talking mad stuff into the um, camera saying, I got your message, Roman. I got your message. Here's mine. And he basically beat up on the Usos and it was cool. And I just feel like anytime Big E just, just gets bucked with people like that, I just enjoy it i love biggie and he is intense and he is doing everything he can as the champion and i don't care he's great so then after that you had the street profits versus um the alpha academy that's chad gable and otis and let me just say i miss happy otis happy otis is just was just a whole vibe and i just miss him so much now he's just angry and big and stuff but Montez and um Angelo Dawkins, you know, wanted wanted the smoke and everything. So they um so this match kind of culminated when Montez countered Chad Gable's high crossbody attempt and rolled over for the pinfall victory. And it was nice to see the Street Profits win a match because lately on Raw they have been losing quite a bit to the Dirty Dogs and so many other people and stuff. So I want them to sort of work their way back up to um, the tag team title picture because, of course, I love them so much and I just want them to be dominant. But I just feel like every time I watch Montez Ford wrestle, he just shows how better and better he just gets. And... I feel like a lot of people don't give like I feel like a lot of people give him so much credit online and stuff but I cannot wait for the day even though I don't want my street profits to truly break up I just want to see him go solo because he literally has all of the charisma and all of the craziness to be a solo star on his own but what's so funny is during his hot 97 interview that he had with Bianca Belair this week he was he seemed so chill and so quiet and everything. But on television, it's a completely different story. It's like, he seems so chill and quiet in that interview, but then it's like, when he's on TV, he's like, turned up to a thousand. But you know, it's okay. That's what you have to do for television. But anytime he does a moonsault or he does a frog splash, where he jumps super high in the air and all of that, it just proves how great he is as an athlete. And it's just great. And I also just look forward to that him and Bianca actually get to work together a whole lot more. So that's cool. So... Also, you had Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor, and this seemed like a match that was square out of OG NXT, and I enjoyed it very much. So, um Kevin Owens basically had to put aside his anger towards Biggie to take on Finn, who and they confronted each other backstage because Kevin Owens was being interviewed by I believe Sarah Schreiber. Um and he was being confronted and basically asked about all of his lies that he's told. And he said well since everybody thinks I'm a liar. Why don't I just be a liar. And since everybody thinks I'm a terrible person and deceitful. Why don't I just be deceitful. And Finn Balor basically got in his, got in his face. And got in his business. So they basically fought. And it was a really good you know matchup. It was hotly contested. But Kevin Owens um scored the win. After hitting a devastating stunner on Finn Balor. So um and then they actually have to be on a team together so it's just like for survivor series so i don't know exactly how that's gonna work but because because we all know kevin owens can't keep no friends so i just don't know but i feel weird about him and seth Rollins running after biggie though like that makes me feel some type of way like god dang but it's whatever um i know sir wilkins from the Jobber tears podcast and shout out to them those are my big siblings in the podcast world um they were he was talking about how we just appreciate kevin owens and his ability to switch back and forth between heel and face you know so easily and that's true like he's a very um versatile performer and we should definitely appreciate him you know more i hope he doesn't leave though so yeah um that's great then we had AJ Styles and Omos um versus Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode and of course this is one of those things that just feels like it's just gonna be a one-sided match when Omos is there and I feel like I keep repeating myself when it comes to Omos and AJ Styles but that's just the truth they're the they're an amazing odd couple that works well together and When you have Omos who's like 7 feet tall And can lift you high in the air And slam you to the ground There's really not that much you can do Regardless to how much athletic prowess you have So Basically they were trying to make quick work of them AJ Styles began the match By immediately tagging in Omos To ravage Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode Before AJ came back in To score the pinfall over Dolph Following a vicious phenomenal forearm That's that And that's all. (laughs) So that's pretty much it for them. And then Bobby Lashley defeated Rey Mysterio. Um, And Rey okay there's more drama that's involved in it but Dominic of course was looking on you know as this match was going on because Rey Mysterio was really angry and heated that Dominic got taken off of the Survivor Series team and he had gotten in Adam Pearce's face and told him like yo like I don't like this like why are you doing this to him this is unnecessary but Adam Pearce was of course being being a heel and I feel like this sucks though because it's like you have Adam Pierce, who's being a heel person, and then you have Sonya Deville being a heel um authority figure as well. And it's just a bit much for me because I really feel like it, it feels like they're both kind of flip-flopping. It's like Adam Pierce wants to be evil when he's evil, but then he wants to be good when he's good. But Sonya Deville is just being evil, evil, evil all the time. And it's just kind of like so are all y'all going off of a power trip and is somebody going to come fix this? Fix it somebody. Fix it Jesus. Somebody just needs to come fix it. But either way. <laughs> but either way, Dominic, you know, was watching on as um Rey Mysterio was basically fighting on behalf of him against Bobby Lashley, who had attacked him and stuff. So, this is the main event. And Lashley put the clamps on Rey Mysterio with the Hurt Lock. To defeat him and release him for His son to tend to and this Match piqued the interest of Adam Pierce who made his presence Felt to announce that Rey Mysterio Wasn't going to be on the Survivor Series team anymore and he Replaced him with Austin Theory Who came out to hit Dominic with his ATL move And now Theory's on the team to replace both of Mysterios And I'm just like god dang But I guess Austin Theory Has to do something um considering he's been out here taking random pictures with people even though biggie wasn't in the mood for it last week and he smacked it out of his hand um so yeah that's pretty much all there were no invasions but at the same time this raw was still relatively solid and it kind of prepared you for what's gonna happen on sunday with survivor series so that's the end of the raw recap and now we're gonna um recap smackdown all right so now we have the last recap which is smackdown and of course since survivor series is tomorrow i just want to say that the reason why i'm going to always root for team smackdown is simply because of the fact that that's the only consistent main roster show that comes to my city which is birmingham alabama for those of you who don't know um smackdown comes to birmingham the most raw has the last time raw was here i believe it was around like 2014 or 2015 i can't really remember but i know i wasn't here because i was in school and i was and that was in another state in kentucky so when it comes to mo- to the most consistent wwe show that comes to birmingham it's always smackdown and because smackdown was the first live show i had ever been to so i'm always going to be partial to team blue and also because blue is one of my favorite colors too so i just feel like smackdown is always the superior show to raw because even though raw has been getting way better than it once was you know towards the beginning of the year it's just always smackdown for me smackdown is always the vibe it just fits me and i just love it on friday nights. so i'm always on team smackdown but that's no hate to raw because i do enjoy raw but i love team smackdown Smackdown is the better show Smackdown is the a show and it has been for like the past couple of years but a lot of people just don't want to talk about that simply because Raw is always seen as the flagship show because it's the oldest show and it's Vince McMahon's baby and I get it but SmackDown's the better show and it just is so in talking about what happened on SmackDown with, with the women, you had Naomi and Aaliyah who aren't on the Survivor Series team for SmackDown versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler who are. And this match, you know, it seemed like Aaliyah was looking to bounce back after being taken off, this, off of the Survivor Series team after working with Naomi, you know, in that match and Sasha Banks in that match last week because Sonya Deville was just being evil and spiteful to her and it's just like they were looking to work together to fight against Shayna and Natalia. and Aaliyah just seemed so excited when they were making their entrance and stuff she put on the sunglasses she looked like she was gonna run and try to do the knee slide but she changed her mind so it was just a really cute thing to see so this match was just kind of frenetically paced like it was kind of all over the place um, and then suddenly it came to a halt when um Natalia Natalia pinned um Naomi with a quick roll up and then Aja Smith was refereeing and it's really cool to see her on the main roster now, but she was refereeing and she did a quick count on behalf of Sonya Deville, which they alluded to later on after the match. So Shayna and Natalia wound up winning this quick fast paced match and Naomi and Aaliyah could tell that something fishy was afoot um and so could commentary as well but then when you went to the back you saw Sonya Deville talking to to Sami Zayn about the 25 uh, man battle royal that's taking place Sunday and then Aja Smith walked up to Sonya and said that she did the job that she asked her to do and asked her you know what the I guess what the reward would be or something like that and Sonya Deville got mad disrespectful towards Aja Smith and told her, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you just some crooked referee trying to get over on the main roster show? Get out of my face, you know, and all this other stuff. And I was just like, why is it that Sonya Deville is being super disrespectful to the black women and the women of color on the show? Why? And I know you can argue and say, but no, you actually can't argue because Aaliyah is a woman of color. Yeah. You can't really argue with that. Cause it just seems like all she's doing is trying to screw over Naomi. Then you screw over Aaliyah. And then on top of all of that, you just yelled at Aja Smith, who is who is basically the only African American female referee that's on the that's on the main roster. But you went back to talking to Sami Zayn like everything was okay. And even when you were talking, like, and trying to, like, talk to, like, Bianca Belair on Raw, it's like you were talking to her a little bit, you know, crazy or whatever. And it just seems like she just has a problem with extremely accomplished women of color wrestlers. And those are the only people that she seeks to screw over. And even when Sasha Banks was fighting Shayna, well, not Shayna, when Sasha Banks was fighting Shotzi Blackheart, you know, like she was staring at Sasha when Sasha was getting back at Shot T after the match like she wanted to do something to her but I dared her I was like bro I dare you to try to get in get in Sasha Banks's face and try to screw her over or whatever but it just seems like Sonya Deville is getting real com- real comfortable with disrespecting the women of color on SmackDown and I hate it like I absolutely hate it like it's gross and I don't like it and I know that a lot of people could, could probably say oh it's being triggering and you know black women are just you know they're not doing or black female fans are just you know thinking too much into it no like I feel like that's exactly what they're intending to do like they're really telling this story the way that it's coming off and it's just bad like it's really bad and I'm really waiting for the day that Sonya gets her come comeuppance for it and I was telling my boyfriend when I was watching it like why does it seem like Sonya Deville is coming after people who are more accomplished than her because if you really think about it what else has Sonya Deville done outside of be on Tough Enough and be Mandy Rose's sidekick like what else has she done besides that and now And then after you lost that match to Mandy Rose where you had to leave WWE for a while and then you come back as an authority figure, now you're taking your frustrations and your insecurities out on these women who are accomplished. You have Aaliyah who was on NXT for a very long time, worked really hard and now she's on the main roster and she won that match and pinned Natalya like in that tag team match last week. And you took her off of the Survivor Series team knowing that that meant a lot to her and you have naomi who's a two-time smackdown women's champion and who has probably done more and accomplished more in her entire collective career than you have done since you've been on the main roster and it's just a lot like i just hate it like it's just it's it just screams karen energy and i just hate it so much and I just cannot wait for Sonya Deville to actually have get her comeuppance, because Miss Ma'am, you really need to sit down. Like you are you are tripping off of all of your power when you haven't done anything of note on the main roster since your feud with Mandy Rose. That's the last notable thing you've done, and maybe that's the problem. But it just gets on my nerves, and I just need her to be humbled. So yeah. Also involving the women, you had Sasha Banks versus Shotzi, and this match was, you know, kind of like a blow, a blow off here because Shotzi and Sasha have beef with each other, even though they're on the same Survivor Series team, because Shotzi's mad at Sasha for costing her a championship opportunity, a championship match opportunity against Charlotte Flair, and they're mad. So Shotzi made it clear backstage that, you know that they were really that she was angry at her and then um Sonya made sure that after this match they had to shake hands because she wanted to make sure that Team Smackdown was going to come out with the victory at Survivor Series and Shotzi was talking about how payback was going to be a b-word but then Sasha Banks stopped her mid-sentence and said look I'm not it's not my fault that you lost the match, but since you want to act like it is, let's just go out here and you know and beat each other and I'll show you who the real B-word is. So they went out there, did their interests or whatever. And let me just say that Shotzi just continues to look good every week. And I mean every week. She's fantastic. I love her. Um and I love how she's a heel right now, and I just really love her new gear. I just love everything about her new look. It's cool. Um, and then Sasha's makeup and hair was on 10 as well. Like both of them looked amazing going into it, and then her gear looked like way better. Like it was just like really cool. So yeah. Shotzi was looking to hurt Sasha Banks because during during a certain point in the match, she actually was taking her arm and slamming it into the steel steps and stuff, and she repeatedly kicked it over and over again. And um, every time Sasha Banks landed one of her moves, including her meteora, and she landed on her arm, she would always hurt it. And then there was this even beautiful part of the match where Sasha Banks completed the three amigos, you know, in honor of Eddie Guerrero, um, because the anniversary of his passing was, I believe, this past week. So that was really cool to see but she kept targeting the limb. Um, shots. He kept targeting the arm, and she delivered her ball pit finisher at one point, only for Sasha Banks to roll out of the ring and prevent the pin. And then moments later, Sasha um took an opening and applied the bank statement with her legs in a clever twist, which I think makes her one of still, which adds to my argument that she's the greatest women's wrestler ever because only somebody who studies how to use their entire body as a weapon can utilize their submission without using their arms but use their arm their good arm and their good leg Sasha's the greatest and so Shotzi tapped out and Sasha wound up winning which is making her look strong as Team Smackdown's captain and then after the match Sonya Deville appeared clearly expecting them to shake hands like she told them to they finally shook hands only for Sasha to deliver a backstabber and leave Shotzi lying in the ring. And she taunted Sonya Deville afterward telling her that she did what she wanted to do. Like, she was like, yeah, I shook her hand. I told you I was going to shake her hand. But that doesn't mean everything's cool. So there's no telling how Sunday's going to turn out with those two. Also involving the women, Ziya Lee had this really amazing... Um, this really amazing promo where she was talking about, um, something that happened in her life involving her family and how strong her family unit was until her father passed away and how she had to deal and how her and her mother who was grieving had to deal with a landlord who was trying to, you know, basically leech off of them, you know, in terms of money and stuff, even while they were going through a hard time. And she decided that while the landlord was, was trying to like beat up on her family and stuff, she decided that she was going to be the protector and she became the protector and pretty much beat this landlords behind and said that she was going to come and be a protector of those you know who you know are lost or something like that and it was really cool cuz they made it seem like this cool comic book um strip thing that was going on and it felt like it felt a little bit like the flashbacks of Shang-Chi um, even though I did just watch shang and it was really cool, but it was also, it also sort of reminded me of that one scene in Kill Bill Volume 1 where O-Ren Ishii was, where, um, the bride was talking about the origin of O-Ren Ishii and, um, and they made that origin animated and it was just really cool and they were talking about how her family was messed up by some Yakuza boss and it was just really really well done so I can't wait to see Xia Lee on the main roster finally. Um because that segment was really cool and I liked it. Um but I'm wondering um how my fellow Asian fans felt about it. Um because what cool what's cool to me might not necessarily be cool to everybody else in terms of that type of res- representation. So um if there are any Asian brothers and sisters who watch, you know, or listen to this show, and watched that segment, you know, please tell me in the comments on my social media pages at Hardy Wrestling Podcast on Instagram and at um, Hardy Russell Pod on Twitter, if you felt like that was okay representation. And if not, you know, we can have a conversation about it. I'm open to learning, but I thought it was really cool. So that's really all that happened with the women there, but I'm getting really sick of Sonya Deville. Um, so when it comes to the men, the Smackdown started of course with the Usos kicking off the show and with having sent a message to Big E Monday Night on Raw they decided to um do a whole segment where they were gonna crown Roman Reigns the king of Smackdown because of course last week they beat up on it King Xavier Woods and took that crown away in order to basically you know mess with him and You know, just be evil to him and spiteful because he's the tribal king and all that other mess. So after Paul Heyman was, you know, praising the name of Roman Reigns and acknowledging him and stuff. Roman Reigns kind of took exception to the presence of the king of the ring throne, scepter and the crown. And he basically said that the only reason he took the crown last week was because he could. Oh, just evil. And then he said, "Dismiss." he basically dismissed the idea that he needs gimmickry to be acknowledged as the tribal chief, which is true because he's being, he's been acknowledged as the tribal chief, you know, before the whole King of the Ring thing started this year. So he really doesn't need a crown. He just did that just for the sake of being mean. So King Woods came out and interrupted him. And he said that material things don't make the king you're a king in your heart and in your soul. And my boyfriend, shout out to him, he noticed that while Xavier was cutting his promo, he was crying and he had tears coming out of his eyes. And I was just like, oh my God, like you can clearly see how much being king of the ring really means to xavier woods because this was his childhood dream even when other people you know were dreaming of being world champion and all this other stuff like all he wanted to do was be king of the ring and he was able to you know do that and win the tournament fair and square you know on his own like this is the one thing that he can hang his one of the main accomplishments that he can hang his hat on as a performer in the wwe that was his dream and he made it come true so to watch someone like Roman Reigns Disrespect him and disrespect the crown He just wasn't having it And he was very passionate about that And I appreciate that Because us September 4th Virgos Are very passionate about the things that we love So that was cool So after he challenged Roman Reigns To meet him man to man later in the night Xavier watched as the Usos Tore up the cloak The throne and the scepter In front of his face And Roman Reigns kept kept you know Poking at him saying, "Are you sure this isn't important?" as they continued to tear up the throne and the scepter and then basically stepped on the crown right in front of him. After Xavier Woods ran in there and tried to stop them from tearing up the crown, and they proceeded to beat him up and gang up on him as Paul Heyman watched and Roman Reigns stepped on the crown in front of his face as Xavier Woods screamed, "No!" And then after the commercial break, they um, they went to him backstage with Kayla Braxton. And Kayla asked him, you know, what are you going to do, you know, now that they've, you know, done this to you and stuff. And he was just like, you know, they're not going to get away with this, you know. Like I want him to f- to face me as a man and do it, as opposed to having to face me with all of his brothers and all of his cronies and stuff who are just gonna help him and stuff. And it was just, it was really passionate, which let me know that later on in the night that th- that he might have a trick up his sleeve because King strategized and King Woods really strategized that thing. But we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. So then we went on to have a f- a fatal four way between Ricochet, Cesaro, Sheamus, and Jinder Mahal in order to qualify to be on Team SmackDown for the Dudes for Survivor Series. So back from a commercial break, Cesaro delivered... Um, the swing to Gender Mahal and then applied the sharpshooter. But then Ricochet broke it up. He had a really good performance here and delivered the 630 splash to Gender Mahal. But then Sheamus flattened him with a bro kick. But then Cesaro interrupted the count. And this match went on like this until um, Ridge Holland came out there and made his presence felt providing a distraction that allowed Sheamus to deliver a bro kick for the win and this disappointed me because Sheamus was the last person I wanted to win to and be on the team SmackDown. But they did it because WWE doesn't care about my feelings. So <laughs> they proceeded to make Sheamus the guy. But I wanted either Cesaro or Ricochet to do it because Ricochet deserves the rub because he's been working really hard. And he deserves to have a little bit of an elevation in terms of being on this new show and stuff because we've never seen him on SmackDown. But he got messed up, so it's Seamus and then Seamus and Ridge Holland went backstage and got interviewed and they were talking about and Ridge Holland was talking about how he inspired him in England and stuff and now they're gonna go celebrate at a pub and they put on their hats and stuff and they just looked like really cute UK twins here like yeah look at us we're buff and we're beefy and we're gonna go drink beer like manly men and celebrate so that was cool um then We had Jeff Hardy My brother Versus Madcap Moss So there was a backstage confrontation As Jeff Hardy had an interview with Caleb Braxton And as he was talking about the people He was basically bigging up the people He was on Team Smackdown with And As he was talking He was interrupted by Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss And they decided to try to throw shade at him And he threw shade at them back And um. So basically, after that point, um, I believe Adam Pierce popped up and basically said that Jeff and Madcap Moss are going to be in a match with each other. And this is where I got confused about Adam Pierce's character because he was showing himself to kind of be like this good guy um, on behalf of Jeff Hardy, but he's being evil on Monday Night Raw. So I don't know how to feel about him at this point. So, Jeff and Madcap Moss' fault. So, um,. Since he wasn't willing to go into like a two-on-one situation Because Happy Corbin was going to be out there And try to be the X Factor in that match Jeff introduced Drew McIntyre To help negate any interference from from Corbin And it worked out really well Jeff defeated Mad Cat Moss with a roll-up After McIntyre wiped out Corbin But then following the commercial break They were both celebrating while the heels retreated And all these people still have to be on a team together So there's that but let me just say that I just I just love Jeff Hardy I love him he's my brother in my head and it was also nice to see um, on social media how Matt Hardy was able to make a post about him and talk about how they started their careers together and how proud he is of him even though they're on two totally separate shows with AEW and WWE and stuff they're always brothers and they're just beautiful and I'll always love them as my brothers even though they have no idea I exist I love them and hopefully one day we'll get to meet and take a picture together as brothers and sister. But yeah, um I'm happy about that. Then we had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Angel. And let me just say that every time Shinsuke Nakamura comes out and being introduced by and being introduced by Rick Boogs. I just love seeing how over Rick Boogs is now with the with the crowd. Cause when he comes out and announces himself with the guitar and says, My name is Rick Boogs, it's like the whole audience says it with him. And I just love it. I just get so excited with them because I'm just like Yee! You know, because I just love stuff like that. Um and I love crowd participation at live shows. So I can't wait to do that again. Um and then he announces Shinsuke Nakamura, and then they all do it with him and stuff. And it was cool to see shit to see Rick Boots with a t-shirt. That's so cool. Um, I love him. So Shinsuke and Rick have a feud going on with Los Latarios um, in the form of Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo. And they had, you know, some qualms with People Magazine not voting them sexiest men alive. Because if you may or may not know, People Magazine voted Paul Rudd from the Ant-Man movies, the sexiest man alive. And I'm not angry about that because he is pretty handsome and he's aged relatively well, but you know, they keep skipping over my boyfriend as sexiest man alive and I'm sick of it, but it's whatever. Um, Los Lotharios are pretty cute looking too, but you know, it's okay maybe they'll have better luck um (laughs) next year but basically since Boogs um was at ringside on behalf of Shinsuke Boogs um cut off Humberto and Nakamura was able to hit the Kinshasa and he pinned Angel for the win so I don't know how long this feud is gonna last but I'm This one wasn't something that I was really that Excited about but I'm just glad That Angel Garza is back on television With his cousin with his real life cousin So this is really good But I wonder if at some point Angel and Humberto Carrillo will Qualify for the tag team titles At some point after Survivor Series is over But we'll just have to see Um Then to end the night Of course we had um King Woods calling out Roman Reigns so he made his way to the ring and called roman reigns out and asked him you know to bring his butt out there but he didn't say butt um and then roman reigns made his way to the ring and then paul Heyman called for the usos to come out even though you know king woods told him like come out without them but you know he hard-headed so he gonna do what he want to do but then as paul Heyman called for the usos he noticed that they weren't making their entrances out there until they were hurled through the entranceway. They were tossed outside on the stage. And then after the second one was tossed out, you heard y'all want to go big? Didn't say that. And it was WWE Champion Big E coming through because he had to come through and not only take up for his brother but beat up on Roman Reigns to let him know that you ain't finna run through me this Sunday at Survivor Series. And they proceeded to beat each other's behind, and I was just like, "Yes, come on, give me what I need." And they just had a brawl. And it concluded with Big E driving um, Roman Reigns down with the big ending. But then Roman retreated, you know, as the, as Big E stood tall to close the show out. And then you had Xavier and Big E sort of bump each other's chest and everything like homeboys do. And it was cool. And then they proceeded to beat up on the Usos when they tried to come to Roman Reigns' defense and everything. And it was just really cool. And I just miss seeing Xavier and Big E and Kofi all together on one show but you know they have to make biggie look like the star he is and i guess they mean that means that you have to separate them but it's whatever put my new day back together again please and this is how um smackdown ended so i'm really excited for survivor series coming up and of course if you want to do something cool along while while you're watching survivor series women's wrestling talk is having a watch along it's going to be me and Ayla we're going to be having a watch along for Survivor Series so on all of our live platforms on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube so if you want to check that out while Survivor Series is on please check that out if you want to um so we're going to be eating and chopping it up and talking about everything that happens I'm pretty sure we're also going to be doing an after show as well so please check that out on all of our platforms for women's wrestling talk Um, and that's the end of this weekly recap for SmackDown. All right. So thank you guys for listening to this new episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. As always, please know that you can listen to this podcast everywhere you get podcasts. That's Anchor um, on this app, in which I'm recording on. Um, there's um I Radio. There's Spotify. There's my YouTube channel, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, and of course, there's Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, and wherever else you can get your podcast. That's where the show is available. If you want to follow me, you can follow me, your girl Stephanie Hardy, at Queen Steph Hardy on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow the podcast page um, on Twitter at Hardy Wrestle Pod and on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast, where I make different posts and share different clips of my shows and stuff. And you can see all of the different stuff that I've got going on in terms of, you know, commentary work and press work and all of the above. Also, please shop the Hardy Wrestling Podcast store on TeePublic. If you click the link, um, my link tree to the podcast that's in all of my bios, you will find right on the top, you will find the link to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast store. You can buy t-shirts with the logo on it. Like Basically, it's just the Hardy Wrestling Podcast logo um, designed by Clement Wong. You can buy a t-shirt in every color of the rainbow. You can buy a hoodie. You can buy a mug. You can buy a button. You can buy a bag. You can buy anything you want to buy. So please visit the Hardy Wrestling Podcast store and purchase some stuff. The holiday season is coming up. So if you love the Hardy Wrestling Podcast show, please rock the vibe wherever you're at. Wherever you listen, please check it out. Please buy something Um, It will make a great gift if you are a fan of the show Or if you know somebody who's a fan of the show Or if you know somebody who loves wrestling podcasts And just wants to support someone Please tell them about the story Tell them about the podcast If you know somebody who loves wrestling as a whole And loves to listen to people's different perspectives on wrestling Tell them about the show Share the clips Like, share, and subscribe Everything involving the show And just continue to support everything that's going on with me and the podcast so I will be having a new episode next week I will and um I hope that you're being your best self and I hope you're taking care of yourself and doing the very best that you can in the midst of this pandemic which is which people are kind of treating like it's over but it's not over so you know just I hope you're being the best that you can to yourself and treating yourself and hanging out with your friends and hanging out with people that you love and cherishing them as much as you possibly can because life is crazy out here people are um leaving here and stuff like that so I just hope that you're cherishing every person that's in your life or and just cherishing yourself and celebrating you and everything you've done this entire year and everything you've accomplished so yeah just celebrate you and celebrate your life and the people who are in your life as well So with that in mind, thank you for listening to The Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. And until next time, enjoy Survivor Series and continue to enjoy wrestling, even though sometimes it can be a little hard. And bye, y'all.